Welcome everybody back to the show. This is an episode you do not want to miss. Today, we're going to be talking about working capital and working capital can be a confusing concept and it can get businesses in trouble if not understood clearly by management. Because here's the fact, 70% of companies that go bankrupt are actually profitable when they close their doors. Now you may be thinking, Steve, come on, how's that even possible? Are you being a little dramatic with your statistics? And my answer to this common objection is that it is possible for a company to have profits, but also have no cash. That's why I'm doing this episode to simplify this accounting concept and to bring clarity so you no longer have to guess how working capital actually works. In this episode, I will discuss operating working capital and then plain old just working capital. So simply put, operating working capital equals operating current assets minus operating current liabilities. You notice that I use the word operating when describing current assets and liabilities. That's because we want to account for assets and liabilities that are necessary for the operation of the business. And that's it. This is where the confusion comes in because some people will use operating working capital and working capital interchangeably. Even though there are slight nuances with excess cash and interest-bearing debt in the operating working capital calculation, which we'll get into. To start though, for operating assets, this primarily includes working cash balances, trade accounts receivable, inventory, and prepaid expenses. Remember with operating working capital, I'm referring to items that are related to the operations of the business. Also, the term current, when I say current assets, current liabilities, I'm referring to a time period of one year or less. In other words, current assets that are available within 12 months or current liabilities that are due within 12 months. Before moving on to operating liabilities, let me first address cash because this is where the confusion usually starts. When computing operating working capital, we only want to include a cash balance that is ordinary to sustain the ongoing operations of the business. In other words, excess cash in marketable securities or cash greater than the operating needs of the business should be excluded because it represents temporary imbalances in the company's cash position. Since excess cash is unnecessary for core operations, including it in your working capital calculation will generally skew the true economic position of the business. So instead of combining excess cash with core operations, you should analyze and value excess cash separately. And this is where the biggest question comes in typically with working capital. People ask me all the time, should I include cash because cash is a current asset or should I exclude it? So with operating working capital, you're going to include just the amount of cash that's needed to sustain operations, like a normal cash balance. But if you have excess cash, you should exclude it, which I'll get into here in just a minute. So how do you compute excess cash? There's no exact formula and it varies from company to company, industry to industry, but here are a few ways to look at it. For some companies, excess cash may be an amount that exceeds six months of general and administrative expenses. In other words, if you look at your average monthly G&A expenses, also known as your overhead cost, and you multiply this amount by six for six months, this could tell you how much operating cash is necessary to run your business. Now, don't hold me to the six months. For your business, it may take three months or it may take 12 months. It all depends on your business and operating model. Here's another rule of thumb. 
Based on research, you can use 2% of annual revenue as a threshold for operating cash. So if you're holding cash in excess of 2% of your total annualized revenue, you may treat the other portion as excess cash. For example, in Q3 of 2022, Apple, ticker symbol AAPL, reported having $48.3 billion in cash. Not bad, right? And $394.3 billion in trailing 12 months revenue. So if we use the 2% rule of thumb that I just mentioned, and you take 2% of its last 12 months revenue, then you come up with 7.9 billion in operating cash. So I took 394 billion in operating revenue and I multiplied that by 2% and that's where I came up with the 7.9 billion. So if you take the 7.9 billion and you say, hey, look, this is the amount of cash that it needs for normal operations and you deduct that from the cash it's holding, the 40.83 billion, then you would say 7.9 billion is operating cash, which is 2% of the annualized revenue and 40.4 billion, the difference would be classed as excess cash. So once again, calculating operating cash as 2% of revenue is a general number and may not fit the parameters of your business or industry, but it's a good rule of thumb. So you could do a certain number of months of your overhead expenses, like six months, three months, 12 months, whatever it is. Or you could take a percentage revenue, and in this example, and based on research, 2% is a pretty good rule of thumb. So that's how you figure out how much excess cash you may be sitting on, and you want to deduct that from the calculation when computing operating working capital, otherwise it's going to skew the numbers. Now, on to operating current liabilities, which include those liabilities related to ongoing operations of the company. The most common current liabilities involve suppliers, such as accounts payable, Customers, when they make deposits or there's prepayments or deferred revenue, employees with accrued salaries or benefits, and the government, which is like taxes payable, like payroll tax payable. Interest-bearing liabilities, such as a line of credit, a revolving loan that may still be due within one year, is non-operating and should not be included in this calculation. So that's really important. So let me say that again. Interest-bearing liabilities, such as a line of credit, or a revolving loan that may be due within one year that's classified as a current liability should be classified as a non-operating liability in this calculation and should not be included. Instead, it should be considered separately. So even though accounts payable may be looked at as a form of financing, it should still be included in the calculation because this is one thing that comes up with accounts payable. People say, well, isn't that the same thing as a line of credit? And here's my answer. Accounts payable is different from a line of credit, even though a supplier may be charging interest on a trade account because the charge is an indistinguishable part of the price of the goods and is therefore an indistinguishable part of cost of goods sold. That's a mouthful, right? Since cost of goods sold is subtracted from revenue to compute net income, then operating liabilities such as accounts payable must be subtracted from operating assets in order to correctly compute operating working capital. Otherwise it's gonna be skewed. So if I just confused you there, put simply accounts payable, even though it's a trade account with a supplier is still included in the calculation, but a line of credit or the current portion of a long-term debt, which may be classed as current liabilities for operating working capital, you wanna exclude those. If other current assets or other current liabilities are small, 
they're typically included in the computation as well. You just got to make sure that they're related to the ongoing operations of the business. So this concludes my explanation of operating working capital, and it's valuable when computing returns on invested capital. That's why you want to distinguish operating working capital, because if you're doing calculations related to invested capital or valuation, it's important to distinguish between operating and non-operating current assets and current liabilities. Let's shift gears now, and let's talk generally about just working capital. The main difference between operating working capital and just working capital is that working capital is computed by taking current assets and subtracting current liabilities. Working capital is a measure of a company's liquidity and short-term financial health. If a company has positive working capital, it signifies that it can fund its current operations and then invest in future activities and growth. However, working capital on its own has limitations because it might indicate that the company has too much inventory or has too much cash and it's not reinvesting for the future. Also, it may mask the fact that a company is not capitalizing on low expense debt opportunities to reduce its cost of capital while it fuels growth. So those are some limitations and that's why with operating working capital, when you deduct excess cash and you don't include interest bearing debt, then it helps you get a, a better picture of what's really going on. So if you were to just like Google working capital, that's going to be the simple explanation. Working capital is just current assets minus current liabilities. But I explained both because I want you to understand the nuances between just plain old working capital and operating working capital. So working capital is expressed as a dollar amount. So for example, if a company has $50,000 in current assets and $20,000 in current liabilities, then the company is said to have 30,000 of working capital. This means that the company has $30,000 at its fingertips in the short term to raise money for a specific purpose. So when working capital is positive, it means that the company's current assets are greater than its current liabilities. Thus, the company is in a favorable condition to cover its short-term obligations. Conversely, when working capital is negative, the company does not have enough assets to pay for all of its current liabilities. And this is problematic. Negative working capital is an indicator of poor short-term health, low liquidity, and potential issues paying its financial obligations as they become due. All components of working capital can be found on a company's balance sheet, such as cash, accounts receivable, inventory, other current assets, accounts payable, wages, and tax payable, and other current liabilities. Remember, with operating working capital, you will exclude excess cash and interest-bearing debt like a line of credit. Whereas with working capital, you will simply take current assets, less current liabilities, which leads to an output that is less robust compared to just operating working capital. I can't emphasize that enough that there are material differences between the two calculations. So just definitely be aware of that. Okay. About the balance sheet, I said all these components are included on the balance sheet. And if you want to learn more about the balance sheet, I did do an episode called Understanding the Balance Sheet, which will really help you to understand how a balance sheet works. So check that out if you're a little confused by that. So now let me go back to my stat about 70% of companies that go bankrupt are profitable when they close their doors. So here's a brief explanation of how this can happen. When a company sells a product or a service, let's say it's for $100,000 and they bill a customer. So they send an invoice to the customer. Let's assume the customer has 30 days to pay after the product or service is rendered. 
Therefore, the company will record revenue for the sale and will offset this revenue with costs that are associated with delivering the product or service to the customer. The difference between revenue and costs is profit. However, in this example, the company records profit and it pays its costs. So for example, it pays employees, it pays for inventory, etc., related to delivering the product or service to the customer, but the customer hasn't paid the $100,000. Thus, cash goes out the door and the company has to finance the cost, like the payroll cost, the inventory cost, and these other costs, until it collects cash from the customer. This is working capital, the difference between current assets, the money that the customer owes the company, and the current liabilities, the money that the company owes suppliers, employees, and the government. Another way to look at this is that if accounts receivable increases on the balance sheet, the company is billing more customers, and therefore it will have less cash because the customers hold the cash until they pay up. Thus, if a current asset increases, like accounts receivable, inventory, prepaids, etc., the company will have less cash. So current asset goes up, the company will have less cash because it's sitting on the balance sheet. The opposite is true. If current assets decrease, for example, a company collects cash on its outstanding accounts receivable, it will have more cash. So accounts receivable goes down. That means you're collecting more of your money from your customers. Thus, you have more cash. Now, for current liabilities, if they increase, let's say accounts payable, the money owed to suppliers increases, the company will have more cash because they're buying more goods on account and they hold their cash until they pay their vendors. Therefore, with current liabilities, when they increase, the company will have more cash. When they decrease, the company will have less cash. So let me just say that again. When current assets increase, the company will have less cash. When current assets decrease, the company will have more cash. With current liabilities, typically, if they increase, the company will have more cash. And if they decrease, the company will have less cash. So as you can see, if a company doesn't manage its working capital carefully, it can show a profit, but still run out of cash. So that's really important for you to understand because so many companies get that wrong. And if you're just looking at an income statement to determine how you're performing as a business and whether or not you're financially strong, you may be missing the whole picture because it's on the balance sheet or the rest of the stories on the statement of cash flows. So you have to be very mindful of that and you have to know how working capital actually works in a business or you could get yourself in some serious trouble. Here's some common transactions and their effects on working capital. Note that I'm talking about just working capital. And if we want to account for operating working capital, we have to account for excess cash and interest bearing debt. However, generally, here are just some rules of thumb for working capital. So here are things that increase working capital, earning profit, selling long-term assets like property and equipment, or borrowing money on a long-term note. Here are things that decrease working capital, losing money, buying long-term assets like property and equipment and using cash to do so, and paying off long-term debt. Here are things that do not have an effect on working capital, collecting accounts receivable or paying payables. So think about it. If you have accounts receivable, customers owe you money and they pay it, well, they're just, they're giving you cash. So accounts receivable goes down, but your cash goes up. So there's no net effect. The same thing is true with paying payables. 
Because some people will think, well, we need to increase our working capital. So we need to collect all of our accounts receivable. That's not true. It, it doesn't have an impact on your working capital. So borrowing money on a short-term basis, like on a line of credit, that doesn't do anything because you get cash in by borrowing money, but your line of credit goes up. So there's no net effect. Or buying long-term assets on a long-term note. Although there are some effects from down payments and the current portion of the note. There's some nuances there. But I want to point that out because people misunderstand how to actually increase or decrease working capital. And that's really critical. I hope this helps you to understand working capital better. And since it's such a critical part of running a successful business and computing value, I'm sure we'll come back to this concept in future episodes. But for now, hopefully that gave you a taste of what working capital is, and it gives you a better understanding of how to apply this concept to your everyday life and to business and with your leadership teams and so on and so forth. But working capital is really, really critical to master. So I hope that this helped and it helped boost your financial IQ in this area. So thanks for tuning in and for your commitment to boosting your financial IQ. Until next episode, take care. Hey, real quick, if you get value out of this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave us a review. Also, if you want to be featured on the show, send me a recording with your name, your age, where you're from, and your question through a voice note or a video using your smartphone. Then email me the file at hello at byfiq.com. BYFIQ stands for boosting your financial IQ. So once again, it's hello at BYFIQ.com. If selected, I'll give you a shout out and answer your question for you and the entire community. One last thing. If you want access to additional resources that will help you fast track your path to financial freedom, visit BYFIQ.com or download our free app in the Apple or Google Play app store today. Thanks again. Hey, real quick, if you get value out of this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave us a review. Also, if you want to be featured on the show, send me a recording with your name, your age, where you're from, and your question through a voice note or a video using your smartphone. Then email me the file at hello at byfiq.com. BYFIQ stands for boosting your financial IQ. So once again, it's hello at byfiq.com. If selected, I'll give you a shout out and answer your question for you and the entire community. One last thing. If you want access to additional resources that will help you fast track your path to financial freedom, visit byfiq.com or download our free app in the Apple or Google Play app store today. Thanks again.